Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. You're about to listen to Danny Bonvasudo. She was just in our Los Angeles January cast. I'm doing monthly shows here in Los Angeles this year until May, seeing how that goes. And the shows were sold out in January, so it seems to be going well. But more than that, I mean, not more, but I also want to see how I felt with uh, producing them monthly. And so far, it feels great. My kids are 12, 8, and 7, so certainly at an age where this is more doable. Um, anyway, Danny Bonvasudo loves words, independent bookstores, chips, salsa, and queso, sunshine, jeans, and tank tops. She's a freelance writer, wife, mother, and world's most introverted extrovert. Read more of her work at dannybonvasudo.com. Here's Danny in Expressing Motherhood. Lisa was eight months pregnant and ready to meet her second son. Baby showers had been thrown, rompers had been bought, and little hats had been knitted. Then one morning, she felt a flutter kick that was never repeated. I found out about her stillborn son one morning after toddler music class. Lisa was sitting on the steps in the sunshine, puffy-eyed and uncomfortable in maternity clothes she had to wear until her body adjusted. Having lost my first son at five and a half months pregnant a few years earlier, my mind raced for the words I would have wanted to hear. This didn't happen. Your son is alive. Since I couldn't say that, I just cried with her and silently prayed that she would find strength, courage, and all the things you need to walk through a world full of babies who are living when yours are not. Lisa has a great group of friends, and I knew they'd fill her fridge with food and her hours with visits. I didn't want to chat, and I didn't want to cook. I wanted to write the story of her son. After my first son died, and the gauzy haze of grief lifted a bit, I opened my laptop, typed, Dear Dominic Jr., and I didn't stop until I'd filled 13 single-spaced pages. The story started long before I got pregnant. The big house we bought after the wedding, thinking we'd fill it with family, selling it six months later, and moving to another state, and another one after that. Traveling, shopping, and eating our disposable income away until one day my pharmacy ran out of my birth control pills. We took it as a sign. The trip to Turks and Caicos, where my husband got double-dared into eating conch penis, <laughs> the locals consider it an aphrodisiac, or at least pretend they do to fool the tourists. <laughs> Finding out I was pregnant one month later, blaming the conch penis. <laughs> the words, it's a boy, scribbled in my OBGYN's harried handwriting, buying impossibly small pajamas with puppy feet. The routine ultrasound that ended with a doctor I'd never met saying four words that changed everything. I have bad news. Healthy baby, but broken cervix. Setting up my hospital room with everything I'd need to spend four months on my back. Contractions four days later. Saying goodbye to him long before the doctor filled the room with words I already knew. Holding my son as a priest baptized him. Hearing my husband on the phone with the crematorium. Leaving the maternity ward and passing a woman and her newborn being wheeled to their room. 
their noses touching. I lost my son, but I wasn't about to lose his story. And every year, on the anniversary of his birth, I get up early and spend a few quiet hours reading that story and crying with a mix of grief and gratitude. Grief for the gift I lost. Gratitude for the gift I gave myself. When I was pregnant with my second son, one of the many things I promised God if he'd let this baby live was that I would help women who lost their babies. God had held up his end of the bargain, but I'd yet to hold up mine until Lisa. We spent a sunny Saturday on my couch, Lisa on one end, me on the other, and a box of Kleenex between us. I opened my laptop and typed, Dear Wiggly, she took it from there. Two miscarriages. First trimester bleeding with a third that sent her straight to the emergency room. The relief of seeing those little legs dance on the ultrasound screen. Nicknaming him Wiggly. Sticking that big belly out during family photos. Taking smartphone videos of the heartbeat during doctor visits. Lots of yoga, walks, and knitting. One month to go. That last kick. 28 hours of labor, the silence of the birth, holding him to her chest, kissing every finger and toe. When it was time to leave the hospital, she had the nurse take the baby away so that she wouldn't have to walk away and leave him there, alone. Lisa preserved every piece of her son's story. She spoke with bravery, honesty, and love. The only thing that didn't come out easily was his name words she imagined on birth announcements, not sympathy cards. As we said our goodbyes, Lisa thanked me for what I'd given her. If I could have got the words out, I would have said the same thing. Mm -hmm.